Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. That's him. Well, Conrad, how are you this week? I'm very well. I'm back among the dark and loving it. Back among the dark, yeah. So you've had, obviously you've had your week break uh, and yeah. now you are back amongst the thick of it, so to speak. Yeah. Well, what did you think? Well, obviously we're going to go through the episode bit by bit. You just know we are, but... It's a quick episode. It was you, great. Yeah. See you next week. See you next week. Yeah, <laughs> it was all right. It was all right. Um, I will just, I just want to point out, I know I'm sort of preempting uh, the end of season three theory matrix. But I do want to say that uh, if you all remember correctly, there's been a few times in this podcast already where Conrad has said things like, for example, in episode five um, of the podcast, episode five of season one as well, uh, Conrad said, whenever I pointed out to him that Jonas was Marta's nephew, Conrad said, yeah, I don't want to get into that. I don't think the show's going to go that way. We all know where the show went. Now, this time he actually said, I think it was the last episode in the the Theory Matrix. It he, was. He actually said, um, yeah, I think there'll be, you know, maybe Alt Marta, maybe Alt Claudia, but I don't think, maybe Alt Jonas, but I don't think they're going to get into the, too much of the Alt world. Well, I, I, I said I would like them to, but I didn't think they would have time to do it, which I stand by, as because I, I do not know how the hell they're rounding things off with what, at the end of play today is going to be seven episodes of television remaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you'll just have to wait and see. As I said to Conrad, just before we started recording, this series, this season, season three, is like a freight train. Just chugging yeah. on down, chugging on down the uh, the track, you know. So we'll wait and see if Conrad sees, thinks if it stayed on the track or did it fall off. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Well, guys, could you please make sure, we're going to get right into it because we've got a lot to talk about. But I'm going to say, can you please make sure you subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on audio apps. If you want to leave comments about episode two of season three, leave them below. Could you also, uh, if you want to send us a message or some praise, some criticism, anything at all, could you please send us an email to adpodmail at gmail.com. That's adpodmail at gmail.com. If you're listening on the audio apps, that's a great way to send a question in. We will check it every week just to make sure we cover everyone. Right. What do you think, Conrad? Do you want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down. The season opens. With Adam's lair going bye-bye. Yes. Uh, so the Sigmundus lair is being burnt by an anonymous trio. What do yes. you think about this scene? Well, so first off, we 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 open with a with a Schopenhauer quote, which I very much enjoyed. I, I skipped that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like normally I'm with you normally when 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 like the the philosophy stuff comes up I tend to be like I'm too dumb to understand this <laughs> so I'm just going to nod sagely and ignore it. Yeah. But I know a little bit about Schopenhauer and I know that he advocated for kind of like self-discipline in the face of our like human desires to basically say like human desires like kind of form um the basis of like an irrational and chaotic world so we need to kind of like rage against them um to to essentially overcome what he saw as like a fundamentally painful human condition which sounds an awful lot like what adam advocates for basically saying that no human desire leads to chaos and the way to fix the world is to get as far away from that humanity and the human condition as possible in adam's case by um by 
blowing everything up, um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, well, that's okay. Yeah, I think that actually parallels really nicely with actually. Even, I know Adam's story it parallels perfectly with as you mentioned, but even a whole load of stuff like temptation is one of the things in this show. Like even Ulrich as well in this in this episode. We'll get into it later, but the fact that even in his alternate world, he still is falling to temptation time and time yeah. again. Uh, oh, so I've got yeah, I've got things to say about <laughs> about the moralizing that happens in this episode. Don't you worry about that. But um, so to go back to your original question or your original point, these three individuals mm. who I've dubbed the cleanup crew, C U C, they rule. I love them in this episode. I love how dark. Just when you think that. Dark can't really one-up itself in terms of how it introduces and presents its villains. Because, um, you know, obviously with Noah, you had the great kind of like Noah's kind of droning theme mm-hmm. that accompanied him every time he turned up. And then these guys have their own like distinct, deep, kind of the double strike of the piano note, just mm-hmm. down, down. And the way they kind of like walk in formation, there's this sort of inexorable unstoppable and like immediately threatening quality to all of them which is and it's I, I don't think do they say anything in the first scene i don't think they they even they no. even say anything yeah they say only when they're in with burnt later on yeah but but the, this is kind of like okay we've got our bad guys for the season <laughs> then like these guys they don't seem like good guys to me and, um yeah what's your uh obviously like obviously the, the whole sikmundus is gone now I can't remember if they showed us a date at the start of this. I don't think they did actually. So you don't really know when this is. No, not this one. You, you, when you see them later, you do get a date. Yeah. Um. So my, my um, first uh, thought, and it, and it's it kind of contributed to one of my main theories coming out this episode, is that these guys are, are literally like a cleanup crew for Sigmundus. Like they're basically going in and tying up all the loose ends that might help someone to get knowledge about time travel so they're burning all of the Sigmunda stuff they're uh, bumping off characters who even have a little bit of knowledge about uh, about the 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 god particle mm-hmm. they're, they're basically just cleaning house um which is awesome as a threat to kind of like an existential threat to to the characters that we know and love yeah and it's it's also a great thematic thing in terms of tying a show up in the third season just like yeah yeah exactly anything like, they, yeah, anything they want rid of it's like get these guys around yeah <laughs> yeah we'll we'll sort them out don't worry we'll send the cleanup crew in but um yeah i've got a lot of thoughts on these three particularly the kid but all, all like the kid and the middle guy are amazing and I, I i very much enjoyed them throughout this episode okay awesome uh right so after that we get um the moments after the apocalypse from the end of season two and Jonas and alt marta which who we can call marta now because the other one's dead so we'll say yeah <laughs> Jonas and marta um they appear in the cave in what we assume is the old world and against every single person's theory before this season came out Marta travels away straight away again. <laughs> yeah. So, so she's um. My my kind of feelings about her are that it seems like the latest in a long line of characters who are preserving the timeline that has come before them by ensuring certain characters do certain things to ensure that they themselves are in a position to fix things. So, we've seen this with the stranger twice, and we've seen it with Noah. And she seems like she's another character in that vein where she's like, I'll, I'll be the one to fix this. Mm. You just need to make sure you meet me, which I've got thoughts on as well, because that 
that doesn't make sense. The whole like him meeting her already. How how does that work? Because none of the other Jonases have met this have met this martyr by the way they react to her. So yeah, um, thoughts on that as well later. But um, but yeah, that that was my first kind of thought of her her character um, in terms of what her motivations are. But I wonder if she will be as equally. I don't want to say inept, that sounds harsh, but unsuccessful in uh, in her goal, pursuing her goals as the other pe- characters who've kind of em- embodied this uh, single-mindedness have been. Yeah, and uh, that's awesome. And even even the fact that you um, have only started watching the third season now, it's the first time that I've properly like got to talk to someone in real life who isn't my wife, Emma, uh, about the third season. So I, thought to, I think to myself, it's interesting you even picking up on things like I'm questioning things that for some for some reason I don't even pick like the idea you're thinking well the other Jonas's don't even know anything about her so how did she already meet him like that's sort of like almost bringing back that idea of a cycle again I yeah. um I, I was interested to hear you say that and I'm interested to see as we go through because obviously I've watched this series less than the others so mm. I'm interested to see as we go through if you pick up any more of these little questions for the future slash you know what the hells uh that i i personally don't think about because i just know the story now and i haven't really picked the third season apart as much as i have the others yeah i can't wait to 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 break some of this stuff down because yeah the possibilities as i kind of suspected they would be are pretty wide open uh in this episode yeah very much so right so they've, they've gone back to um not showing the name of the episode again so they don't show the name of the episode in this season in this episode episode either so you can imagine it's going to go for the season um so i didn't oh this episode's called deja vu so i yeah, don't it's I don't called think, deja vu it's I, the same in german i don't think there's any <laughs> point in trying to uh to say what it, uh you know pronounce it's it or whatever. a point for conrad thank you very much <laughs> De- deja vu uh anyway so uh starts off with um a really interesting design of like a typography with all the backwards letters and not well not it, it seems like yeah it's all backwards but actually they're in the right order do you know what i mean so yeah uh the 4th of november 2019 what did you take from this like mirror mirroring of the words um so i i didn't realize quite how literal it was going to be mm. until we really got into it i thought you know we're going to an alternate reality we're going to see some things that are different, but ultimately it will um, it will resemble um, the reality we know. And I guess that that is still kind of the case. But the the sort of there's there's like obviously like the kind of thematic and character mirrors that are drawn very obviously in this episode with characters sort of changing places and changing um, attributes and personalities. Yeah. But there's also just like the presentational mirroring, which is. I, I, I don't know how they did it in this episode because literally like sets are mirrored in this episode. Yeah. I, I don't know if they broke down the sets and rebuilt them or they shot it and mirrored it and just didn't put any writing in it. So it wasn't obvious they mirrored it, but it's incredible. Uh, that's second thing you said is true. Although, that, so they, they actually, everything they shot um, in the alternate world is all just shot normally and then every image is mirrored and that even all this all the sets when they had words on the walls like in the school for example like the staff room and everything all of those words were backwards on the set oh okay yeah that's very smart then like it's it's probably quicker to do that and they even went as far as to um get characters to open the door with their left hand oh okay so when they mirrored it it would be right hand um what's really interesting as well is 
the first time I watched it, I did I picked up on the sets being there, and I was thinking, did they literally build those again? But then once you start realizing it, every character looks a little strange. Yeah, and it's because they are literally being mirrored. The reverse, yeah. So the, the... and 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 the way it's shot as well, you know, like mm. the, it just, you know, the amount of craft that goes into being like, okay, Jonas cycled towards the camera here and took a left turn, so Marta is going to cycle away from the camera and take a right turn, and it's just like to structure because you know those aren't just those aren't just like random. Uh, we'll probably get to them a bit later as they happen, but those aren't just like random camera shots. Yeah. Like they chose to have Jonas cycle towards the camera because you know it it, like, it brings him into frame. It brings him into the into the, the the viewer's mind. So to then to to make the decision to reverse that, it has consequences in how the audience perceive that that uh, that shot and to to. to commit to doing that and still make it work from kind of like a pacing and a, and a mm-hmm. general feel perspective is is so difficult um it's i i couldn't believe that they actually committed to doing that as as completely as they did to be honest yeah it's it's I, you can just really tell like you know the word auteur comes to mind like yeah absolutely george fries and baron Bodor are so committed to making a piece of art you know and that's what makes this show so Im- impressive because it's it's such a well-written show it's such it's so out of the box and mental but at the same time it's tied together by people who really just seem to want to make the best art possible you know yeah yeah it's really great um i would also say that uh something i noticed uh, you could go back and look you know how they say like tradi- like you know like me- a perfectly symmetrical face uh yeah. you know there's some people have them like i think george clooney's face is very symmetrical <laughs> one thing i noticed there's a few characters in this in this that don't have the little odd look to them uh, you know, like because like Hannah, Hannah has a little odd look to her in this for me because it is a, it's mirrored, and I noticed it on Hannah more. Maybe just because she's you know a bit more dressed down because she's pregnant and stuff. But I noticed it on her. Whereas Katarina to me looked exactly the same. So she must be mm. straight down the middle. You know what I mean? Symmetrical. Yeah. Something I've, I found interesting. Yeah, it, I think um, that yeah, there there is definitely. It's interesting you say that because I didn't really. Not that I didn't notice it, but I probably didn't kind of put two and two together and figure out what it was that I thought was weird about some of those characters. Like Ulrich looked really weird to me, yeah. and obviously he dyed his hair as well, which didn't help. But um, <laughs> but uh, he was like uh, Dennis in that episode of It's Always Sunny, where like he dyes his hair like pitch black to try and prevent himself from aging. Um, but uh, yeah, not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, now now that you mention it, yeah, that totally stands out. But but yeah, the the mirroring and I, I, we didn't really mention it, but having old Marta or Eve, I guess, as I'm going to dub her until I get evidence to the contrary, doing the same voiceover that Adam did in an episode uh, at the beginning of, I think it was early on in season two. I can't remember exactly when it was, but the, you know, if you knew how everything was going to turn out, would you do it the same way again? Um, there, there's just this like really, really like staggering commitment to the theme of this episode in it, in it mirroring the real world and it's it, it like it starts in the first scene and it just carries on oh it starts in the second scene i guess because the uh the cleanup crew guys are just off <laughs> burning things but um yeah but, uh, and you would yeah, assume that that's in the original world as well because we actually have um later on they that's where they are um because- yeah well and the, you get a tra- transition a really smart transition actually like of it kind of like sucking in and pushing back out yeah. again to say uh, like to ju- which is a really really clever way of doing it rather than having you know like a, a time and date card to just say yep yeah, we're in this world now we're in this world now and mm-hmm. it's it's really smart 
how that that is that they basically they like that they trust their audience enough to understand what that means without needing to explain anything yeah. it's just like it's distinct enough that they trust that their audience will recognize oh that was a weird scene transition that must mean we're back in the real world or something like that but yeah, yeah. and one thing i'll mention about the scene transitions now up front is i like some sometimes it's almost like it's something like breathing like watching them it's like and there was a time i think it's in the charlotte ulrich scene in the in the evidence room where uh it's like and then it goes to pull back and it sort of fails and then it goes yeah. again you know I, I i love that but um yeah but yeah so there's so much there's so much to that i will say just before we go on there's the the, the, the idea of the mirroring is something that a lot of people miss to be honest with you i know they they noticed the mirroring of the sets and stuff but in terms of mirroring the camera it was a huge pe- like a lot of people started coming on the subreddit and being like did anyone else notice that um that alt Marta's scar is on a different side of her face depending if she's in the uh like the original world compared to the alternate world and yeah. it's like yeah well it makes complete se- complete sense because they're literally flipping the image you know in the alternate yeah. world yeah no and and it's i guess it's one of those things where like if if you focus on the images that you're presented you'll notice that stuff but it's easy to miss as well oh, yeah. like it's um but but that kind of sense of verisimilitude and like being immersed in what they're presenting you is is good in in and of itself like you don't want it's kind of this is getting off topic slightly but it's why i sometimes have a problem with like some directors who um get famous for doing really long single takes because they feel a bit like masturbatory to me sometimes and they kind of take they take me out of the immersion of the film like i can go oh that technically that's really difficult but you have also kind of reminded me i'm watching a film rather than let me be immersed in the story because you've shown me this really impressive technical thing you've done but i never felt that with this i never felt like they were kind of jacking themselves off at how clever they're being it was always it always kind of happened within the context of uh, within the, a believable context of the story they were telling yeah and anytime they do a single take it is really dynamic and moving like you know like the original yeah. nielsen around the table but also um you said that it's really interesting i just thought in my head maybe the reason why you're taken out of those scenes is because if you think about it those really long takes like i'm thinking of the, there's a film called hunger about the irish uh, hunger strikes and there's yeah. a big long like 16 minute scene between liam cunningham and michael fassbender and it's literally just one shot uh side of a table for 16 minutes of a dialogue scene and i know what you mean because it's almost like it's it's using sort of play uh like live play techniques um but when you go see a play you're never uh, thinking you know you always know you're watching a play whereas yeah. whereas if you use those techniques in a film i understand why it would take you out of the film uh because you know it's not like dynamic and keeping you in. It's it's like you're sitting watching a play, and then you just realize, oh, I'm actually sitting in my living room watching a play. I completely get yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it can it can work in films. I don't want to say like I hate yeah. every every one take, but they just they they need to be used sparingly, and some directors don't do that. It's 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 be- it's become a it's become it's it's like um Guy Ritchie's like quick and Edgar Wright's like uh you know like in snatch how guy Ritchie does the transitions and oh, like, like they're really quick editing on that yeah. <laughs> yeah like they snap yeah. a load of things together quickly and then transition a load of directors started doing that um it's just like that it's not as ubiquitous as that but it's but it's yeah. definitely like that all right anyway so i think we can cross a theory off your matrix here um yeah next up we get marta waking up in Jonas's bedroom yeah in a very similar way to we saw Jonas wake up at the start of season one yeah, I did. I did. Uh, it took me to the end of the episode because I wanted to be one hundred percent sure, but I was pretty sure that I got. To, I, I can. I can tick off that alternate martyr is is the Jonas of this timeline, based on 
how this is presented. Um, and I, I, I love the the kind of blending of timelines here. Like it's so well done. So like you've got her, obviously got her waking up in bed, like you say, but then you've got this slow kind of reveal of weird stuff going on. So you've got. You know, if I could turn back time playing on the radio, which is an 80s song, and it's a bit like, oh, that's a bit weird, but maybe Katarina's just listening to, you know, some golden oldies on yeah. the radio. But And then Mikkel is on, like, quite a futuristic-looking tablet, which is like, okay, so this is definitely still 2019. Yeah. And then, and then it cuts to, uh, also, if I could turn back time, there might be some subtext to, uh, <laughs> to, to that song choice. Um but then it cuts to Magnus and Francisca upstairs, and Magnus has got a Motley Crue tattoo on his chest and has rats written in tape on his window, which, A, I am a big fan of grunge and hair metal era Magnus. Yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, yeah, it just this it confirms, and it goes on throughout this episode, this 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 weird it's almost like it's almost kind of like stereotypes, not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but it's kind of pulling all these really distinct styles from all the different um, periods that they've depicted in the real timeline and just blending them all in together in this really, really striking way. Yeah, like it, it's it's really, really good. I I loved Magnus. Like you saying in the like recently uh, that you thought that it would be funny. You couldn't wait to see like you know Magnus with a mustache or yeah, whatever. I didn't think they'd actually do it. <laughs> like just like oh, his grunge Magnus with yeah. black hair and a Motley Crue tattoo. I was like, yes, yeah, that's I, him. I can't believe it. And and we got Peter. Well, not to, I don't want to jump the gun, but holy shit, Peter Doppler without a goatee blew my mind. Yeah, that took away some of the weirdness mirroring for him because it was like, what? Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, uh, throughout the episode, we'll, we'll point out things that are mirrors to the first ever episode as well as the first few episodes. Because in this uh, episode, they very much were trying to mirror slash have a bit of deja vu with... Oh, absolutely, yeah. With the first episode. So for me, Francisca being upstairs, get you know, getting it on with Magnus and then escaping out the window. Yeah, that's yeah. very much all Rick and Hannah from the first, um, the first season. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. And I, I, by the end of this episode, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not, not confident how much to read into the mirrors or the lines of comparison they're drawing. So, in the case of Magnus and and um, Francisca, are we to understand that they are kind of like Ulrich and Hannah's characters as they were in 2019, yeah, or is it just drawing those kind of visual lines and saying? these things happened and they're also happening here, but with slightly different characters. A good example, and we'll, we'll get to later, is Peter Doppler. He he doesn't seem like the Noah, but obviously he occupies that position of a, of a priest. So, um... Yeah, I think, I, I know what you mean. And I, like at this point, for me, I was very much not reading into that too much. I was very much thinking, like, it, it it's more of a filmmaking stylistic thematic yeah, thing yeah it's just kind of like setting the scene and being like remember all these things yeah and it properly does make you feel deja vu well not, it's, you know it does make you feel real deja vu but it makes you it makes you feel like reminiscent of the of that episode back back in the day yeah. um now obviously that wasn't the, now actually we'll, we'll take before we go on to the next scene there's a few things i wanted to mention here first thing is uh someone legitimately asked me on one of my videos it was uh the 25 unanswered questions video um, someone asked me in the comment section, why is Mikkel older in the <laughs> alternate world? Yeah, I mean, he definitely... I, I, I was going to say this. 
the alternate world gives them a nice little get around both Mikkel and Ellie hitting puberty because both of those ca- characters are a lot taller in this season than they were in the last one. That's true. Um, I didn't know how to answer that. So there's two answers for you. First, an- first answer, the actor got older. Yeah. S- second answer. <laughs> second answer, which I think is my favorite. I actually looked up because uh, obviously we, we're imagining now that the uh, characters are genetically identical right yeah yeah well i looked it up identical twins who have the same dna actually do or they actually can go into puberty at different times okay yep so it is so it could they could have just hit puberty at a different time in their life yeah um, so if you're the type of person who does get annoyed by seeing an older actor <laughs> when they're meant to be two years younger well there you go they could have hit puberty earlier just, yeah, we just never cast child actors in anything, so they can't be trusted. Yeah, well, they um, they, not... they used Mickle very sparingly here. <laughs> yeah, they did. Like, when he stood up, I was like, oh, Mickle's like six foot five now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can, well, the ironic thing is, he seems to be growing into Michael very well. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, there'll, there'll, there'll be no doubt about the comparisons, like, in a couple of months' time when he has a full, like, stubble. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 personally, I was just like, oh, you know, the alternate world thing is a good way to get around that. Like, you know, they're they're just older i guess in this reality like uh, uh, you know there's no reason why they couldn't be a year yeah, older like, i guess exactly uh, there's no reason why in the alternate world uh, that that little genetic material in the sperm and in the egg they, that happened a year before like there's no there's no because everything's happening different if you're imagining that yeah. they are like you know everything's happening I mean, slightly... Jonas literally wasn't born in this world why why couldn't Mikkel have been born a couple of years earlier or, or something exactly, like that exactly yeah you know? like, like y- 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 yeah you're exactly right because you would have to believe in order to not think that the sperm and egg could happen at a different time you would have to believe that everything in this world happened the same as the other world up to a certain point which is yeah. nonsense um right okay so then we get the Hannah and Ulrich scene and there was definitely yeah. some uh, symmetry here with whenever Ulrich came back to the family in episode one, season one, with the oh, bread, yeah. with the bread in his in his sweaty joggers, um, uh, so we sort of find out at the end of this episode or throughout the episode that maybe instead of going and being with Hannah in the morning in this world, he was going and being with someone else. Yeah, and it's it's vaguely heartbreaking, even though you know Hannah has kind of she's not done her case any good throughout this series. But it is kind of heartbreaking to see a reality where Ulrich and Hannah actually get together. And even in a reality where they are together, it doesn't actually change their relationship. It's still fundamentally broken. Like Ulrich will still have a wandering eye for other women. Yeah. And, and Hannah will still be that kind of bundle of insecurities. And, you know, it will things will play out in effectively the same way. They, they won't end up together, I suspect. Um, and the main thing for this storyline that, that stood out to me actually was um, obviously alternate timeline, but it's, it feels like it might be signposting that I was I was potentially onto something with my theory that Hannah might get pregnant in the 50s in the real world, because obviously, you know, she's about the same age here, she's a year younger, and mm. here she is perfectly able to have children. Um, so maybe there is some, maybe she hasn't gone through menopause yet and she's she's still able to, to have kids in the 50s. Yeah, um, yeah. well, you would think that because they are genetically identical. Although puberty can happen different times, so maybe menopause can yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
but yeah, th- this is absolutely mirrored. You know, everything down to the finding the hair on the jumper. Like it's all, it's all, yeah. and, and you know, her her saying, well, the only thing that's not mirrored, actually, funnily enough, or is it mirrored? I guess it is kind of mirrored. It's mirrored in a different direction, though. It's her saying she loves him and him saying you're beautiful, which uh, is that's, that's a, what a real sucker punch. Yeah, that wasn't it, the uh, mirror. But, it was actually exactly the same. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like most of it is mirroring Katarina and Ulrich's relationship. Yeah. Uh, but then that's literally mirroring hers and Ulrich's relationship. So yeah. s- some things never change, some unfortunately. Things, some things never change. Um, you know me. Do you have a theory about the pregnant baby, the baby inside her pregnant belly? I mean, she looks very far gone. You know, she is about ready to burst. I haven't got a theory, but I'll tell you what, I'll, pl- I'll pluck one out of the air. Jeez, don't do this. No, it's fine. Who who's it gonna be? Well <laughs> We haven't got an origin for Peter Doppler yet. And I was I was theorizing that maybe it'd be one of Hannah's kids yeah. in the fifties who had become Peter Doppler because Helga doesn't seem like the kind to, to, to have kids. But maybe this'll maybe this will become Peter Doppler. This this one an alternate alternate reality, and then it'll get taken to the twenties. Oh okay. no, taken to the eighteen eighties. So are you going to uh, say pop it in the matrix? Okay, pop it in. <laughs> we need theories, guys. Come on, I'm going to prod these all the way along. We need theories for this show. We need them. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, I should actually just say right now, thanks very much for for all the input, all the. Um, sort of discussion and stuff in the comments of the theory matrix uh, episode um it seems like between season one and season two we've picked up a lot more of the hardcore fans who want to you know talk to us about the theory matrix and stuff and not just listen to our talk talk about the episodes which is great i love that so yeah. there was even like 60 people who actually went and looked at our theory matrix uh pictures oh, amazing yeah so un- unbelievable um yeah so <laughs> can't wait for season three uh okay so then we get all the mirrored scenes we don't really have to talk too much about it uh on the bike the yellow jacket kind of confirms yeah. your thing that's literally what oh yeah for. seeing her in the yellow jacket was like all right okay there's no doubt in my mind at that point like yeah. that that they, they, she's not in that outfit by accident yeah it might rain later but apparently um <laughs> <laughs> but uh also apparently that jacket is actually the the physical same jacket uh that Jonas had in season one. Um, oh really yeah it looks good on both of them yeah it looks good. similar physiques yeah although i might i might have just read that from somewhere and then uh believed it to be true but I- i'm pretty sure it's true i'll buy it okay Jonas exits the cave yep i've got a few things to say about this but i'm gonna see if you say them first what's in him exiting the cave yeah i don't have too much to say about him actually leaving the cave i don't think um oh, okay I've got stuff about him arriving at the Nielsen's. Obviously, like the the cave. I don't actually. Do we see the front on shot of the cave where everything is reversed and the drug chair drug chair is doubled? Yeah, we do. Yeah, this, that's this... the only thing I really noticed from it, though. Okay, so what, my analysis of this would be in this world. Um, so you imagine if it's mirroring the first season in this world, Jonas is is occupying the space that he will one day as the stranger. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, that's a good point. He is the stranger of this ti- of this world uh, in this timeline. Um, so he's coming out. He's uh, you know, it's, it's hilarious to me because he actually is the stranger as well. Like you know, he's yeah. he's mirroring himself. Like it's sort of this is his practice run. You know what I mean? He's he's in this alternate world. You know, he's not his own world. He can screw it up if he wants. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to be the stranger here. So even the way they, they they shot him coming out of the cave, what he's wearing as well, very 
trending dark, trending yeah. towards the stranger um yeah that's just for me that's how i felt about it. i thought jonas's role in this episode very much obviously he was much more gung-ho than the stranger was the stranger didn't yeah. start jumping into people's lives but that was definitely the idea i thought it was going for yeah, I think that, that there's def- there's definitely some some credibility to that. Um, I, d- I didn't honestly think in those terms too much, but um, now that you mentioned it, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, awesome. Uh, okay, so we get revealed that well, first of all, Bartos is here. Oh my god, the the so this is what I was talking about with this like this kind of blending of styles. So you've got like really grungy uh, hair metally Magnus, and then Bartos showing up looking like fucking Patrick Bateman out of American Psycho, <laughs> yeah. just like, with his hair. Like as someone who has has got his lockdown hair on at the moment, I can really empathise with Bartos's efforts. But my word, and his like his like kind of plaid waistcoat or whatever he's wearing underneath his jacket. Good lord! Like it's it's a it's a great look. You like Huey Lewis in the news, Magnus? <laughs> <laughs> he has definitely killed someone with an axe in yeah. his apartment. Is all I'm saying about about or, Bartos. According to your theory, was he killed by a pickaxe? He's, yeah. Oh, the irony. Yeah. Oh, the um, irony. Yeah. That's the mirroring. You see. But yeah, I, I, to me, <clears throat> so maybe you can answer a question about this. I don't think we've actually heard his name yet. But is Killian? Killian? Is that is Killian's the, name? Yeah. Was he mentioned at all in the regular world? And I've just forgotten. Wasn't mentioned, but he was in the play. Oh, so he was the guy who plays the same role yeah. in that. Ah, okay. Because that actor he's must be... have loved the phone call for season three. <laughs> oh yeah, like you're coming back in a big way. Yeah. Like, well, I, oh, well, I remember Dark. It was that show I was in one episode of. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, but he's supposed to be Eric Obendorf's brother, isn't he? Yeah. So you would assume that he is his brother in the other one too. Which yeah, I, which... I feel like Eric has mentioned having a brother, or, or it, it was mentioned that Eric has a brother, but I think he was, like, away or, or had run off or something like that. Yeah, which actually really, it, to be honest with you, it really puts the play from the first season in a more, even more tragic light, because both of the, the characters, like the characters of the play, Killian and Marta, had both lost a brother in the last week or yeah. so, and they both still yeah, went forward with the true. play. Um, yeah, they just like the show must go on, I guess. So it's sort of alluding um, that they were kind of kindred spirits in the other world, kind of like obviously. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like b- bonded by grief. Yeah. Um, but um, I think the 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 thing that really struck me in the um the school scene and also the scene the the scenes leading up to it is that the first episode of Dark is very referential to like eighties horror. Like it, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of night shooting, which we don't get a lot of in in the rest of the series. Um quite synthy scores score stay synthy throughout but it, it feels like it's pulling from that kind of from, from that kind of genre and this i feel like they're kind of like doubling down on that and mirroring this you've got like the mist shrouded um uh, surrounds of, of vinden mm-hmm. that are like really really put and, and the synthy score as well really pulling from john carpenter you know particularly you know movies like the fog but then when when Marta and Magnus arrive at school, we see another horror trope, which is that everyone appears to be dressed up for Halloween, despite it being the 4th of November. Um, which, I don't know, maybe that's a thing in Germany, where like Halloween is, is kind of celebrated after October the 31st, or maybe it's it's an alternate reality thing where Halloween is just a different date. Um, well, they might, they, might have, uh, they might just have the school dress up day that day. Maybe, yeah, but but I love it anyway. It's a it's a real like kind of trope of of horror movies to have. Oh, the Halloween party's going on, and that's yeah. you know when spooky stuff happens, and you've got the shining twins in the background, a bunch of guys dressed like Grim Reapers <laughs> walking the halls. But um, yeah, I I I loved that this episode. One of the one of my favorite things about this episode was how like 
willingly it returns to pulling from those kind of 80s horror references that we saw in the first episode and haven't haven't really seen since um yeah. this was a welcome return of that yeah exactly um and i will say there are a few constants in the world but one guarantee is that if if uh bartos wants to get with marta there will be a blonde fella to stop him <laughs> yeah yeah there's always a there's always someone in Bartos's way to martyr <laughs> yeah even in the alternate reality still struck out right okay so then we get um helga old helga mm. with uh and peter and charlotte there charlotte comes in says i was at, at an appointment so uh, we all know what she was doing um yeah. not at this point you didn't but we do now uh so what- I, I, I was starting to think well it's not i don't think it's going to be katarina so who's it going to be and then and then um uh, what is her name? Is it Caroline? Von Vogt. Uh, the, the, uh, the person playing Charlotte. I'm trying to remember the actor's oh, name. Oh, Caroline. Um, yeah. actor's name. Um, but um, it, when she came in with the, the long hair, I was like, oh, talk about a glow up for Charlotte. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe maybe she's the uh, she's the one who's uh, who's seducing Ulrich away from Hannah. Yeah, well, that's, that's definitely happened. Uh, what do you think about old Helga? Just... Just the one eye, like you know, like just, just got beaten in a slightly different way this time round. Does that want to make have you make a theory um, uh, that will hope hopefully sort of definitely come true based on his eye? Oh, what that like like Voller is going to swap around at some point to be him? Is that what you're implying? No, I'm just saying that if he has a if he has one ruined eye, it would insinuate that something similar happened to him that happened in the real world. Or not real world, but you know what I mean. That happened to him here, so it's it's actually a home run theory if you want to make it. Oh, what that he's got one eye because or because um someone went back in time. I guess it would be. I'm trying to think who it would be because no one's actually lost anyone in this, so I don't know who would go back in time to beat him. Hmm. So there's a theory there. Well, I'll have a think about it. I thought you were implying that somehow. Voller from the real world comes to this reality and treat and, and grows up to be that elder or something. <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about? This it's a ridiculous theory that you're you're proposing." No, no, um, no. But yeah, I mean, I I kind of always assumed that yeah this, that he's got that wound for the exact same reason. I didn't put a theory in the Matrix to be honest for it because I was like, "This is that that feels like a gimme." But I don't. I actually thinking about it, I don't know who it would be. Um, well, you can keep it vague. I, I would give you a point if you just said someone will go back in time and beat him with with something. I, I, I <laughs> beat would, him in the eye with a rock. Yeah, I, I would give you a point for that if if that came true. Like that's a that's a that's a theory. You know. All right, fair enough. I'll put it in there. I've, I've moved beyond that now. Like I'm 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 drunk on the taste of glory, and I'm only seeking out the uh, seeking out the the sort of bigger bigger whales to hunt. To, yeah, so so to speak. That's true, actually. And we didn't mention uh, Conrad noticed that there was a, he made a mistake in the theory oh, matrix. Yeah. So his uh, season five, uh, season two wasn't plus five; it was actually plus six. What was the theory yeah. that you? Um, it was <laughs> to be honest, it's a bit of a bit of a. Oh, we're gonna have an argument here, are we? No, we're not gonna have an argument. Like you agreed with this, but it was it's it's kind of like a it, it was an orange one that I'd accidentally left as a minus one and so it turned to a zero. Oh, so okay. it was my it was my like war and peace ep- essay about what the cycles actually are that was like seven or eight lines long um, to do with people doing like shifts from the Sigmunders crew to like maintain the cycles and stuff like that. And you got to the end of it, it was just like I can't mark that wrong because there's just too much in it. <laughs> so we're just gonna call it a zero. But I forgot to change the score. So six, I'm at plus one. 
Yep. And Positive. As, as, as a tradition on the Arthrag podcast, I'm not going and changing the uh, pictures of the Theory Matrix. <laughs> yeah. That will be reflected in the last uh, season's ones. Okay, so that's interesting. So you're, you're actually in the positive now. That's, yeah. that's impressive. For the time being. That For is the time in, being. That is impressive. Okay, so Jonas goes around to his house, or hang on a minute, not his house at all. He goes in and uh, he goes into his bedroom. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say about this, uh, except for the fact that we can all understand how he's feeling. I think the, 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 the thing that really stood out to me with him arriving at the, um, I guess the Nielsen, I'm assuming they're still Nielsen's, um, or formerly Carnvald house, um, mirrors his arrival at that property in episode six of the previous season. It's literally mm. the exact same shot. Uh, it might have been done more than once, actually, um, but that's the that's the episode that stands out to me um and that was kind of treated as as kind of him heralding the arrival of a gathering storm behind him and i wonder if the implication there is that he might actually represent the same thing to uh to this reality interesting interesting yeah can't wait to get through this season <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till you've seen this all. You know, I'm just, That's why you're supposed to say awesome and just move on. And... Awesome. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I forgot myself. Awesome. Right, next scene, um, we get... I don't know, we've already talked a little bit about this, but, you know, uh, Hannah finds the hair, and then she eventually goes to the school to t- talk to Katarina. Rookie mistake. Katarina was loving this. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, she was like the cat who got the cream in this yeah. one. She was like, oh... Such a shame that your that your the husband you stole away from me is now cheating on you as well. Who could have possibly seen that coming? Yeah, uh, not not Hannah, that's for sure. Um, no, but yeah, that, I thought that was great. Um, yeah, exactly. I was I was glad to see that because um, there's a few characters in this uh, episode that had different jobs. Uh, for example, Auric is no longer uh, Auric is now the head of the chief of police. He's the chief of police, yeah, rather, rather than Charlotte, um, and. Uh, which is, puts an interesting idea of the power dynamic there. Anyway, um, yeah, it does, and 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 makes it. I mean, he's always like that though, Auric, and yeah. it's an interesting way of like kind of contorting that character. He he kind of seems to charm, uh, I guess, women who are um, weaker than him in some way. Like Hannah is kind of presented as quite desperate in um, season one. You know, she, her husband has died, although mm-hmm. he wasn't dead at the time that she was um, that the affair started. But but she certainly kind of desperate for any kind of affection um by the time the affair ends and here like you say auric is kind of abusing his position a little bit here i think yeah definitely i mean that that you shouldn't be doing that in the evidence room come on uh but yeah so uh then we get uh again a bit of a mirror to the uh scene where magnus comes into the classroom in season one and the teacher doesn't care uh comes in uh this time bartos is giving the speech not francisca and it makes me think I wonder what Bartos would think if someone made a comment about his black hole while he's yeah I, I, the uh, yeah the, this is um it, it it shows that Jonas is the one that was holding Bartos back all this time I think like he was you know <laughs> here he is giving a very competent presentation on the formation of black holes and not making inappropriate comments at the back of the class yeah all, all he needed was to not have the the bad influence of Jonas next to him I mean um, like, technically in both he was making comments about back black holes but uh that is true yeah. yeah i mean maybe he was making a legitimate comment the first time round and he just misunderstood how black holes form I or, don't or maybe this time he's doing a very elaborate description of francisca <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god but i i think someone should start a count of the number of times Jonas has stood dumbfounded failing to respond to basic questions <laughs> after traveling through time in this series because i reckon we're in double digits now and then asking like, what year it is 
every yeah, the, time. Yeah, the number is high. Uh, I mean, uh, to be fair, in this time, uh, his physics teacher does appear to be Robert Downey Jr. So, <laughs> so maybe he was just a bit starstruck. Yeah, I think it's the same teacher, uh, actually. That's is the, it the same teacher? Yeah, that's one thing that's cool is that they 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 bring the same character, like same actors back, no matter how small the role is in this show. Yeah. That's what I love about. I don't. I don't remember actually seeing that teacher's face, to be honest. But um, the classroom's definitely uh, shot from the other angle as well. So maybe we just saw the back of his head or something in the last one. Well, I, I remember him reading from a book in in the yeah. first season. But yeah, yeah, like pretty much. So. I, I like. I like the implication here that physics is the opposite of of, of literature. Because <laughs> like they were studying Ariadne in the, in the yeah. other one. So what's the opposite of that? Uh physics, I guess. <laughs> one of these will get you a job, and the other one will not. Yeah, exactly. But um, basically, how would you feel if you were in Marta's shoes here, sitting in the in, in the uh, in the room? Some weirdo you've never met comes just staring in, staring at you, just stares at you, like, blood all over his hands and a scar on his <laughs> neck. Scar on his neck. Yeah, she's like, Jonas, chill out, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've travelled through time plenty of times now. You you know how this works. Like, just relax. Um, yeah, he he he, he doesn't want to come across as threatening but he obviously does to, to yeah Marta. it's so so strange uh right then i really liked now i don't know how you feel at this but i really liked the alexander tiedemann scenes in this episode um mm. because it kind of felt like do you remember when we watched edge of tomorrow right and they, yeah. as they were going through the different cycles or every, the, the day multiple times sometimes it would skip an hour forward but then in in a future uh loop they would show us what happened in between times. Yeah. I, I think that in this alternate world, they're kind of showing us the storyline from the first season with Jürgen and Alexander. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, and I think actually one of the things that can be really fun about a mirror world's conceit, and I appreciate I'm saying this having kind of said in the um, it was either season wrap up or the three matrix video, that I don't always love them because they can feel a bit low stakes. Yeah. But it's that they allow us to explore how characters we know would respond to events had they occurred differently or show us events that we haven't seen transpire um, in slightly different circumstances. So seeing Alexander following the death of Regina really opens up something else about his character that we haven't really seen, like how he, how he would respond to grief. We also Mm -hmm. see it obviously in the Ulrich and Hannah relationship and the, and the Doppler uh, relationship with Charlotte being the one who's, um, who is, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Promiscuous. Adulterous. Yeah, adulterous. Promiscuous, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, like we see the other side of the Alexander Jurgen um, dynamic. Obviously, in the first season, it's presented as that with them as having something to hide, and we're kind of looking at it from Ulrich's point of view. Mm-hmm. And here, we, we know what they're hiding, so there's no sense in it being presented that way again. So instead, we see their side of it. Yeah, it's it's really clever in my opinion. It it makes it's it's a way to add depth to to a story which. In in our world, I'm going to call it our world because we spent so much time there. Uh, the, those characters are dead now because of the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, well, we don't know about Jurgen. Who knows where he'll, he'll show <laughs> yeah, up? Yeah, Jurgen <laughs> could have been anywhere. It could have been in, in his wet pit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I like the idea of like going back and filling in gaps. It's ah, it's just so cool. And you'll see throughout the season, there's mm. certain things with Alexander. Like, I'm not going to go into any of the big theory stuff with Alexander, like, you know, from my theories, you know. I'm not going to go into that, <laughs> but there are certain things that really patch little moments together for us yeah. um, in terms of his actual just human story, which um, which I'm looking forward to seeing as well. Um, but it's weird. It's cool because they do it, like, in 
the alternate world, which is a really cool yeah, method. Yeah, no, and I think it's a really smart way of doing it. A lot of a lot of mirror world stuff doesn't really do that. It's just mm. deals with the big picture stuff of like, oh, you know, what would happen if Batman if Bruce Wayne had died and Batman's dad was the one who survived the attack or something yeah. and deals with that kind of stuff. And it's, I mean, I'm talking in comic book terms, which are obviously going to be less involved than dark, but that's normally where you see this kind of thing done. Um, yeah. yeah. And here it's much more interesting. Also, Alexander looks great with a beard. He should, he should have grown a beard in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. He's grown, he's grown a beard. I, I don't know if the beard makes him look like he's maybe lost 10 pound, but uh, either way, maybe they were just shooting him with less cameras, you know? Yeah, yeah, get like get strips on that weight off by having less cameras on him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I used to shoot with three, but now I only shoot with one. It's doing well. <laughs> Next up, Jonas sees his mum. Well, the genetic identical to his mum. Yeah, mama. The yeah, the delivery just... of that line was like really good. It's kind of yeah, it was kind of hard to watch this. Like yeah, it was like oh, Jonas, like you're just once again just desperate for someone to show you what you need to do um you know he is just lost um which is interesting actually because you know we we think of the the sort of theseus and ariadne parallels between him and marta and obviously theseus is a greek hero who Mm. you know you you consider to be to to, to be you know capable i guess of of looking after himself but the reality is is that he did need someone to guide him through and out of the labyrinth and i think uh, Jonas for his part in that story is very much in the labyrinth and doesn't know where he's going at the moment. Like he, he's, he has lost his thread and he needs some help in finding it. Um, and this scene really kind of encapsulated that for me, just this sort of, I want my mom <laughs> attitude yeah. that he showed as Hannah walked past him. Yeah, exactly. A little glimpse of his, his home. And uh, unfortunately, no, I will just say uh, there's certain words in German that, as far as I'm concerned, have about 20 different meanings. Like, yeah. the amount of times they say bitter, I know bitter, yeah, bi- yeah. But bitter means sorry, right? That means please. Oh, please, sorry, yeah. So yeah, Sorry I, is like, es tut mir light. So uh, I, I thought it meant sorry because Hannah turns around and says bitter? I, knew, but, I mean, it's one of those words like... Um, I, it's one of our journalists like they say good good for yeah, everything like you, it means please but you can kind of, but but you also say you can also say it as like thank you or yeah. you can also say it as like uh like it uh, or um and, and yeah goots um it works as well it's 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 kind of interesting sort of colloquialisms of of german in the same way that we might i'm trying to think what we might say uh well there's there's obviously in english there's a load of words like that too but it's just funny like when we're watching a subtitled show and i just hear the same word over and over and over again and yeah. it's always got a different meaning <laughs> yeah no it's it, it yeah the, the subtitles do quite a lot of heavy lifting in the show to sort of change it from a literal translation to something that sounds a bit more sort of like naturalized english but yeah. um yeah you do definitely catch it sometimes when they say a word and you're like that's not what they said yeah yeah, yeah. um my favorite german word based off this show is uh the word for impossible i don't i'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm I don't, remember what that is i'm gonna give it a go but i'm not gonna get it right because i've never actually seen it, seen it spelt it's like a or something like that Tell me in the comments uh, okay. how to spell it because I want to remember. But it just sounds so cool that word whenever they say it. This I'm is umuklik or whatever they say. It's just uh, yeah. this, the the k- 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 it sounds great. I think, I think merglik is 
I think Muglik might be good as well. I, I, I yeah, like, but it, on so its own, impossible so, means this is not good. <laughs> yeah, I might be. I might be wrong about that though. Like this, it's been a while since I've used the word Muglik to be honest. But if that's what it is, oh, I'm going to miss these chats when we go on to our next show because our next show isn't going to be a German one. Or we'll just listen to it. Listen to it in yeah, German. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll just do the German anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the dub? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, so uh, we, we've already talked about a little bit about Ulrich and Charlotte in the evidence room. Um, yeah. We could talk a little bit more about that if you want, but I also wanted to stop on this scene just to get your thoughts on Torben's uh, situation. Oh, my God. This, so <laughs> as is always the case with Dark, just when you think that they're not going to get any comedy, we get something like the pullback and reveal on Torben's arm where it's like, oh, he's got two eyes in this world. Camera pulls back, one arm. <laughs> it's just <laughs> It's great. I laughed out loud when they did that. Yeah, yeah. Poor Torben, he just can't catch a break. Do you, do you now? Don't make this a theory, but do you expect at some point this season we're going to get that Torben starting to tell someone how he lost oh, it? I hope, yeah, I hope so. I desperately hope so. I want him. I want him to like really forcefully try and tell someone. Like, listen, I need to tell someone how this happened. Yeah. And then like Ulrich just walks in and is like, Torben, go and get me some more information on twenty thousand sets of tire prints or something. I, just, I, I like the thing he just like uh, he dipped it in one of the barrels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't know what he was doing, and his yeah, his arm just travelled. Yeah, his, his arms are twenty eighty eight. Yeah, sitting <laughs> sitting in some other time. Yeah. <laughs> I love Torben. He's yeah. useless. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 my mom said uh, the other day on the Dark Discussions episode, uh, I, I mentioned Torben and she goes, oh yeah, I never knew what he was about, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not much, yeah. I think is the answer. Yeah, not much, that. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, the play now, so this this uh, world, they're doing Ariadne. They're, yeah. To be honest with you, they're doing Ariadne in a much more dark way, no pun intended. But also, mm. the the stage is actually like designed almost to look like a cave as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. And this, I know we've ha- we've had we haven't had this exact dialogue from from the Ariadne play before. But every time it comes back, I I find it really hard to escape the idea that this dialogue is being. I, I presume it's a real play. I haven't actually checked. Um, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But but I mean, if if it is, it feels like this is being used as inspiration for much of what we've already seen. So we've got her talking about, you know, what flew plummets to earth um, and um, people being punished for their sins because their eyes and hearts were blind. And I find it really interesting. I don't know whether you ever did any theories on this or how you feel about this, but I I, I feel like at the centre of this show is this sort of recurring idea of like morality and people being punished for sins in a story which seems sort of so far beyond the scope of morals as to seem ludicrous. Like what we're dealing with here is so outlandish that morals, you could easily be cast by the wayside. It could be like, well, what what are the rules about, you know, incest and murdering if there is an infinite number of people? Like what, do, the, do the ethics of that still apply? And I think... Um, there's, there's there's this push and pull at the heart of dark that we ha- we see this like continued efforts by a sort of handful of people so like Marta and Jonas and 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 Claudia as well who are determined to do the right thing regardless of how irrelevant it might seem in light of the kind of enormity of the events that they're facing um which I find really interesting and it, it kind of really struck me here because I I I think when you contrast these kind of characters to someone like Adam who 
wants to take the easy option. He wants to just end it all because that's that's simpler than trying to unpick this knot back to the, back to the or unpick this. I guess like the flap of the butterfly's wings. Mm. Like find that thing that caused this is too hard. Um, and I think. I, I've been I've I've pointed out that Dark is a show that's been quite pessimistic at times, particularly in how it's presented. I don't know, like a character like Egon, you know, and said this is a fundamentally good person and look where it got him. But I think in moments like this and with characters like this, the show is saying there are still good people here trying to do the right thing, who are fundamentally guided by a, a, a good moral compass. Um, and yeah, I, I, it just really stood out to me. There's kind of a bit of a a bit of a monologue, but it really struck me for some reason in this episode. Yeah, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a monologue about a scene, doing a scene a, uh, a monologue about a monologue is <laughs> yeah. the best one to do. Yeah, hold that thought, Master. I've got one right back for you. Um, yeah, but, but no, it, yeah. I, I, I think I, I know exactly what you mean. Like the idea, yeah, well, it's such it's such a far with removed world from our own. How crazy it is, and the idea that does any, everything happens infinite times, or there's infinite possibilities. Is there any real need to care about what's morally right i completely understand what you mean at the same time definitely the way the morals are being brought up it's always brought up through these thematic stories like the ariadne story or like yeah. you know the references to adam you know what i mean and now we've possibly got an eve you know so there's, there's all these mentions of morality um and uh and even in the yeah. past and the, the mentions of free will as well like t- talking about yeah. like uh, claudia mentioning uh, you know when she was about to kill noah saying like do you have a choice you know would you choose to do something different i think that come the end of it i think you might have different thoughts on it than you do now but at the same time it, it it's just adding to the story as we go as well so well yeah i, I just think it's really important to like that i'm really glad that it does anchor the show the show is anchored it's still in these ideas of morality even mm. though it would be very easy to dismiss them because we've kind of moved past yeah uh, a, a, a presentation of a, of of a story where morality is easy to apply it's, i think it kind of brings us back down to kind of the root of the people in Vinden, basically, which is really important. So I, I think they never lose sight of that. So I hope, I hope it carries on. Yeah, yep. So do I. Um, I do know if it does or not, but um, I'm not going <laughs> to tell you. Yeah. So, as with all all things, you know, it's, it's funny, like because we're going to go from this show where I can't say anything. We're going to have one episode or two of me being like, "Yeah, it wasn't that great," and you'll be like, "Yeah, it was great," and then we're just going to go into a new show, and yeah. then again, I'm just going to be like. Awesome. Let's go yeah. on. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, r- reveal time. Uh, Francisca is deaf. Uh, is uh, deaf and mute. Yep. And uh, Ellie can talk. Now, I said to you. Now, you are a fool, Conrad. You are a fool. I said to you when you said that you assume the actress can speak. I said, "Is that a theory?" And you laughed at me. <laughs> I was trying to give you a point. Oh, I wouldn't have felt good taking a point for that though. Like it was. I honestly uh, didn't think the actress. I thought the actress was deaf mute. Honestly. Oh uh, really? Yeah. yeah. I. 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 Well, I mean, there must be. You know, there must be positions available for deaf mute actresses, but I just assume it's it's far harder to get those or to get to to make a career with that kind of impairment. But yeah, I. I think it's really well, interesting. Girl in the actually. Quiet Place is a good example. Uh oh, is she is she uh, actually deaf mute? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, that uh, that they that they went out of their way way to hire someone who fits the role. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, so the bunker scene is interesting. I didn't really see that coming. Um, them them trading the impairment, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It also seems like a profoundly uncomfortable place to have sex, to be honest. And, <laughs> and and these two get a lot of time this episode, and they seem to spend most of it having sex, which is well, you got you got to give a bit of that. At the get start. a little bit in there. Get give a little a, bit, give a bit of that at the start of the season. You know, <laughs> Francisca's just so sort of in her element in this. Like it, it, compare her in this one. To in the in in the in the real world in in the um what should we call it? called Adam's world in in Adam's world yeah. um we we have um Francisca very uptight at the start of the season going to get the drugs she's like whereas this one she's wearing a, like a dress like, a, yeah. like you know she's she's actually absorbed quite a lot of I think she's absorbed quite a lot of Ellie's fashion sense because she's she's a lot preppier in this she's got like a sort of tartan dress and yeah. long long socks on. Yeah, she, and she just seems like she doesn't like she's in this relationship with Magnus from the get go. So obviously they got together earlier uh, than they did in the in, in the in the other world, and it just seems like you know they're just they're just having a lovely life together at this. Stage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're they're having a good time. Whereas Ellie's at home getting grabbed by Helga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if we know anything about Dark, um, you know Magnus and Francis- Francisca having such a lovely time together. We'll see how long it lasts. We'll see. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for that relationship, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Okay. And then we get the Peter Peter Doppler is a priest scene where, uh, yeah, Jonas goes and looks for his dad's gravestone. Isn't there? Peter's a priest. What do you think? Well, so I mean, this just goes back to those horror references again. This sort of this shot of the mistrouded cemetery uh even in daylight as we see it here it's still really dark it's classic horror imagery and then the, the priest sort of uh, emerging out of it put me in mind of um and have you ever seen it but uh richard donner's uh the omen uh from the 70s is a very good horror movie mm-hmm. if uh, anyone hasn't seen that um but going back to what we said about how much um, should we call him a priest because he's t- he's married to charlotte Vicar? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you'd say. Yeah, I guess he'd be a vicar. No, I think you can still be a priest. I don't. I, Pas- let's say pastor. I, pastor, sure. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, yeah, like I, I, it, it reminded me again of what, what we said earlier, where I don't really know how much to read into the parallel here, because the way his character is portrayed, he doesn't seem to be the knower. He doesn't seem menacing in any way. He just seems like he works in a church, yeah. <laughs> like. Um, but uh yeah it's it's a it's a good scene um and and i think it's just establishing that michael carnvald really doesn't exist in this world that seemed like the yeah. purpose of this scene to me yeah and just uh, just a little bit of shock value that he's a priest as well you know That's, yeah uh, it can always need a bit of shock value um <laughs> okay so then we do get where we go back into uh adam's world and we have oh. 21st of september 1987 yeah. so this would be now you notice they're sort of splitting the timelines here so we're in 20 in, in our world we're in september whereas in uh the alternate world we're in november back in in 2019 in the original timeline from the first season so they are starting to starting to break away from yeah. that everything's happening on the same day model um so what did you think of the scene uh of the fellas going in to old burnt doppler uh, i mean this is just Another great scene with these guys. They're so intimidating. You've got that dunk dunk theme as they're like walking in formation towards the house. The light is fading. There's like orange lights on. There's a lot of really good um, use of like orange and blues against each other in this episode. Um, and um, 
Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're on the 21st of September now makes me think that these three have access to a time machine that lets them go to whatever day they wish. Um, so similar that to That is the... you assuming that the first scene we saw them in wasn't that same day? Uh, yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, I guess it if they're travelling in 33-year jumps, what would this put us at? So we were in we've 1986. Had, we, we've had no proof that they've travelled at all. We've seen them burning a room and then seeing them walking in here. That is true. That is true. And I suppose that room did look old at that point. Like mm. it looked like no one had been in there for a while. I don't know if it looked 60 years untouched old. It looked to me. Like well, we don't know. We don't know 50s. when Sigmund has left it. That's true. That is true. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, that, so my first thought was, oh, these guys maybe have access to a time machine as well. But we'll see what comes of that. Well, I mean, um, that's a that's a fair assumption. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's out of it. Yeah. Everyone's got one these days. Yeah. Also, actually, just to briefly mention something I didn't uh, mention in the uh, the opening, and we won't see it again. There's quite a notable difference in the effects used for time machines between the two worlds. So you've got mm. the the a lot most of the time machines we've seen have been like kind of cesium one three seven portals that are yeah. kind of these black orbs that swallow you and suck you into it and then you appear somewhere else. Yeah. Whereas the one Marta has, you kind of like puff out of existence yeah. and puff back somewhere else, which is uh, just struck me as interesting. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it looks cool too. Um, yeah. Because I like how, like, just before they puff out, like, sort of parts of their body are starting to, like, sort of fray into the ether. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is interesting that, um, I don't it's interesting that they made that decision. Um, so do you think that the, those orbs are powered by cesium-137 as well? Or cesium-731? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a different, maybe it's a higher number of cesium. I, 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 did, the, I, I, did, I did the mirror thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, you're looking very proud of yourself. <laughs> Got it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like every other time machine has, so the smart money would be on this one is as well. Mm-hmm. But there does seem to be a very obvious distinction in the graphical representation or the visual representation of what they actually do that makes mm-hmm. me think maybe there's a different element in this in this world that does the same thing slightly differently. Yeah, so it can it can actually it can, it can travel between worlds too. So it's already a much more sophisticated thing. So yeah, it's, yeah. Do, it's doing something. It's doing something. Um, but um, yeah. So just to go back to cleanup crew mm-hmm. coming in and, and doing some damage. Um, I'm guessing the reason they're here is because Burnt knows a bit about the God Particle. Know, knows what happened in the power plant, and they just want to shut him up. But um. Yeah, they they let themselves in, which seems to imply they have a key, uh, or he just leaves his door open, I guess. Um, and the 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 youngest one, his his kind of like unblinking face is is amazing acting, like he's legitimately terrifying. Um, and then yeah, that like we we see one of the most probably one of the most brutal killings so far in the show, really. Oh, um, the what's the cheese wire or whatever that is? Yeah, oh, yeah, like he gets like just garroted an old man in his wheelchair, mm-hmm. like it's just remorseless. Um, and and it sounds like the power plant is next, which makes me it it put me back in mind actually. I've in season one, I can't remember if it was burnt or if it was someone else. They said that there was an accident at the power plant in the eighties. And my assumption for a long time has been that whatever the stranger did uh, at the end of season one caused an accident in the 80s. But it hasn't actually been mentioned that there's been an accident in the 80s. We just saw a bunch of barrels of cesium-137 turn up um, at some point. So I wonder if these guys are actually going to go and cause the accident in the 80s. Well, that's a theory. 
Yeah, it's in there. It is in there. But I love that these guys are such good bad guys. I love them. They're just this inexorable march of bastards just coming to kill everything and burn everything down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tying up loose ends. It's great. Yeah. Hey, we haven't seen Burt in a while. Let's go kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to see, I want to see uh, Benny get it next. And, <laughs> and then... And then Yana and Tronta. Yeah, just like going around everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Tronta in the middle of trimming a hedge. Just like, yeah, not today. just mopping up all the side characters. Yeah, not today, Grandpa. All right, okay, so <laughs> next up, uh, well, we got we get the Jürgen uh, Alexander scene. I think we've talked enough about that. Um, yeah. Sorry, the, the Yassin scene. Yeah, um, Yassin. Now, we haven't actually had any mention of Yassin in this uh, in this timeline, so maybe he stayed in his original time and grew up to be... Uh... Yeah, grew up to be Alexander rather than being taken as a baby and given to that woman who wasn't his mother. Yeah, uh, like... yeah exactly. And, uh, and he was secretly able to hear and, and speak. Yeah. But as we... I mean, we, we can see it here because he's grown up where that hasn't happened to him and he just grows up speaking the whole time. He doesn't need to pretend to be deaf for yeah. the sake of his mother. That's canon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, okay. So um, then we get uh, Jonas sort of going and speaking to Marta. Well, first of all, he speaks to Marta before the rest of the crew come down. Um, yeah. And did, what did you think about this scene with Marta? It did. It reflected the first episode again where him and Marta had a bit of moment talking about deja vu, glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, I mean... She has told him to fuck off already at this point in the episode. <laughs> so I do feel a bit like she she is kind of rejecting this out of hand. But at the same time, I think the fact that she doesn't immediately just say fuck off again when he tells her they've met before on the train tracks makes me think that she can feel some kind of deep intrinsic link between them at this point. Like deep down, she knows there is something to what he is saying mm-hmm. here. Um and it's also worth noting that she doesn't respond to the Matrix line, which suggests to me that the Matrix doesn't exist in this alternate world, which is a tragedy in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she feels something deep down. There's some sort of pull to her. She feels the need to give him a 20 quid Amazon voucher and a card for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> some sort of aunt, auntie instinct, you know? Yeah, and buy him one of the Matrix sequels on DVD. Yeah, but she gets, in, she gets in Matrix Revolutions, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, deus ex machina. Right, uh, next. <laughs> um, so they go to the they go to the they go to the um, the cave. I like it. This one, I don't, I don't believe. Now I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I do not believe that they were going for the drugs this time. I think they were just going for a spoopy time. Well, they do mention they do mention like maybe the cops didn't find anything. So I think they were still going for the drugs. Mm, okay, maybe they just didn't give us. They didn't fully lay that out for us because we were meant to assume that they were. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think the thing that I really took from this is um, Magnus has a lot more about Ulrich in him in this presentation of his character. Like he's quite, he's very sort of imposing and a bit of a bully. Like he has some of the nastier elements of his parents, and there is also there's a really interesting little moment between him and Francisca where um, when Bartos starts talking about um, Nostradamus and Magnus is immediately like, shut up, Bartos. <laughs> and then, and then um, he says, oh, the world's going to end. And, he, and and Magnus says, oh, it's a good thing I got a girlfriend before this all, before that all happened. And I, I think Francisca kind of tells him off because he's not including her in the conversation because obviously she can't hear the conversation. Yeah. And he, and he kind of, 
plays it off in that sort of roguish charming way that's actually quite unfair to her that like Ulrich does with some women and it's a really interesting little hint of where his character might go that he has you know yes he's charming and yes it like he's charismatic but that's actually quite a nasty thing to do to someone who's deaf mute is just be like oh don't worry about it you wouldn't have enjoyed that conversation yeah, anyway exactly and, like make that decision for them uh it's, it, 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 his character is played with a lot of subtlety in this um which is which is really cool i think yeah um and what do you think about the, the the decision to have so so much focus on these teenagers in this 2019 again even though it's not world because the characters that we have in the original world adam's world they are now traveled to god knows where um well you know we kind of know by the end of this i know i know where yeah so they, they travel <laughs> they travel somewhere else so in that original world we are no longer gonna get that 2019 sort of modern day teen aspect of the show but we still yeah. get it because of this no, I I love it. I, I think I really liked the first episode of Dark for a lot of the kind of tones um, and, and reference points. It was it was striking. And we get it again here. You know, there's teens going off into the woods and getting spooked by loud noises. Um, it's it's giving us the same thing we've seen before. That's very entertaining, but with a slightly different spin on mm. it. And, it. and it made it really, really compelling to watch, I think. Yeah, yeah I would agree with you. All right. Montage time. Yeah. Um I'm I you know what with this show I I'm, I'm done pointing out everything in a montage. You want to tell me this is so many montages they're all so yeah. good. You do you want to like obviously you, the only thing I'll say is Jonas watching Mickle sleep. That's one. Yeah, I to be honest with this one I didn't take too many notes about what was actually happening in this because it's all just you I think with with some montages in dark in fact I think with quite a lot of montages in dark you're just kind of supposed to luxuriate in yeah. it and it's I, I, they're kind of like a moment we've talked about this I think back in season 1 but sometimes they feel like it's a moment to kind of reflect on what's happened breathe and get ready for the final 10 or 15 minutes of the yeah. episode and i think this was one of those so you know we see Ulrich and charlotte canoodling in a car and then birds start falling on on the car i wonder if um charlotte was a weird ornithologist in this world actually she like, yeah, jumps she out of the car kid. and goes hang yeah, on a minute so, Ulrich. yeah i've got to collect them <laughs> yeah. put them in a fridge um yeah Kat- katarina like on her own in the in the school um I th- i'm pretty sure there was some helga in there as well doing something weird but um like- yeah it, it was yeah yeah <laughs> um playing playing ludo with uh with ellie um do they have ludo in germany i don't, I don't know. know something like that snakes, but, uh, and, snakes and ladders snakes and ladders monopoly no she's too old snakes, snakes and ladders, ladders. <laughs> <laughs> um that's definitely right that's definitely the right german yeah. um one yeah, third it, correct <laughs> it was um it was it, it was like it felt like it was setting the stage for the end of the episode for some of the big stuff that we're about to see one of the one of the scenes coming after it was amazing i have to say so i can't wait to get to that and the scene where they're all in the bunker um that's the first one that yes. comes after it and all the teenagers run and it makes sense that they they established there's the point of the the scene uh conrad they established that francisca and magnus use this as a hideout and it makes sense as well. Yeah. Like it is in Francisca's family, you know what I mean? So they all run, go into the bunker, and then, wouldn't you know, old Madsy Nielsen falls, falls through the portal. There he is. So, I, I mean, oh, actually, one thing I did miss, which is before this, is that when Marta sees what appears to be herself as the cesium-covered ghost oh, yes. as she's running away, wearing the white dress uh, she wore, not white anymore, but wearing the white dress she wore uh, the night that she and Jonas slept together... To me, that is a confirmation of the idea that there is something 
that can reach across times somehow like whether it's you know some kind of that it's why i think the, the the conversations about morality and spirituality are interesting because i feel like this show it's not saying anything explicitly but i do think by the end of this there is still going to be this unanswered question of being like there is something that is allowing these times to talk to each other like some link between these people these characters that can't be explained by the science and the time travel stuff and and maybe this is one of them where the, there's something that is confronting Marta with some ghost of an alternate reality but it was really cool to see and there's a really good bait and switch in it as well where she turns and you think it's going to be well, I don't know Jonas to take her off through the caves or something and it was actually just her dumb boyfriend yeah. to Killian. drag her off to the caves Killian yeah yeah and I will also say all the things you're talking about there at the end like there'll be, there might be something that's unanswered that links the worlds that sort of negates the science a little bit you, you've consistently said throughout that your hope for the show is that everything is broken and there is like an emotional end that is, is like it's it's fulfilling in the character and the story rather than not necessarily just making it like a physics book. Yeah, I, 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 I would like there to be something approaching a happy ending. I don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm realistic about it. This show has been very Shades of Grey up until this point. So I think it's very unlikely. 33 Shades a... of Grey. 33 Shades of Grey, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's very unlikely that there's going to have, to quote uh, Black Books, a, and they all drink lemonade, <laughs> the end. <Yeah. laughs> like, at the end of this. But um, but I I, I, feel, I I actually, I don't think that the spirituality and, and that kind of stuff is going to be addressed more explicitly than it is being. Mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of hovering there in the background, asking interesting questions about about something else like it's it's provoking ideas of something beyond what we're seeing here um but and i think the ending will be a bit more grounded in the science that we've seen in the show but i do hope it does resolve relatively happily as well just because i like these characters now i'd like to see them happy yeah okay i I completely get that right any uh any comments on little madsy nielsen before we um (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm, I'm purposely making an it reference by calling him madsy nielsen anyway go on yeah um hey maddie um um, just that i wonder if he existed in this time that was my first thought oh you think maybe he's like a copy of the other one well i don't know i just like they've they've explicitly not said anything about or shown any pictures of Ulrich having a missing brother or anything in this world mm. um so i mean maybe they're just not showing it because we already know that and we don't need all the establishing for it i'm not um, saying anything about this particular thing but that's something i would i would approach i approach the season like this and i think after seeing it all it sort of makes sense if there's something we don't see in the origin world we assume it's the same as the other one that's that's, okay. that's what i do anyway I think that's fair enough. Like, I'm, I was kind of on the fence with this. It was just in the back of my head. I was like, "Oh, they haven't shown us anything. I wonder if this is going to turn out to be different." Well, I know um, I could, but I mean, overall, that's what I'm. Yeah, thinking. yeah. No, I think that's a reasonable, a reasonably safe approach. Um, but it, I mean, it, it's interesting that it's these guys rather than Peter Topler and Tronta. Um, and, Cla- I I trust- and Claudia didn't come in this time. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's true. So, I wonder what's going to happen. So it doesn't matter I where he's found. Happen possibly. Yes. Or if he's even going to be found in the right place, because no one's there directing them. I uh, yeah, I have no idea what's happening with this, but I can't wait to see more of the these guys. Yeah, cool. Well, we get the reveal, old Marta. Yep. Do you think the uh, first of all, do you think the casting's good? I'm hmm, I'm not sure. I I think the eyes are right. 
but she felt a bit more like Morticia Adams to me than <laughs> than Marta does. I think like the long black dress kind of distracted me a bit. Um, but it, it's not bad. I, I think it's one of those ones like Ulrich where I'll, I, when I see her again, I'll probably come round on it a bit more. Well, it this is wa- this is not one that the fans said was a perfect match. I'm just mean just in it's it's I by mean, yeah by Hollywood standards good by dark standards yeah, yeah it's all right. I'm, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. As soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, that's old Marta. Um, yeah. And obviously, like, I'm preloaded with the knowledge that, like, yeah, exactly. No, only one person has a fringe yeah. in the entirety of Germany, and it's Marta. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm, like, preloaded with the knowledge that she is the Jonas, and Jonas turns into the stranger who turns into Adam, so I'm expecting an old version of Marta to show up. But yeah. even with that, I, I still clocked it straight away, which is means the casting was at least decent. Yeah. Um, I don't trust her either. She has the same thing as Adam, where she's talking a good game. Everything she's saying seems like she's saying the right stuff. But knowing what we know about Adam, I'm a bit like, mm, <laughs> I yeah. don't know if I trust you. Um, I'm wearing all black again. Yeah, well, Adam wears all grey, as I told you before. But um... yeah, but just put some colour in there, yeah. a little dash of colour. Like get some, get some funny, get some fun, you know, uh, coloured socks from Marks and Spencers or something. She just, should have been wearing to... full camo. Like she's trying to hide in the bushes. Like, <laughs> can you imagine that? <laughs> she's like really, really into into like military <laughs> surplus, and she's just wearing like army jacket with a BB gun. Yeah, that's what I, that's that was the dream. Um, so that was one of my, <laughs> one of my theories didn't come true. I so I thought it was going to happen, but uh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, do you think it's going to happen by the end of the season? <laughs> I mean, maybe. And We're it, all going to the post-apocalyptic world, so they're going to need camo at some point. That's true. That is true. Uh, okay, so the last scene, which I assume this is the one that you were looking forward to. Um, oh my god! This this is like Tim Burton directed this scene, <laughs> like. This bloody like Arkham Asylum, uh, Asylum Frankenstein's laboratory ass factory, Tannhaus oh. Gates. Remember you said it was a reference to yeah. Tan- the I said the bloody Tannhauser Gates in 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 um way in back Blade when. Runner. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a so okay yeah. This First is of this all, is a great 1888. Thing. You got it. Bang. Stick that in the back of the net. Yeah. Points. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so th- this is again talking about them being referential to the first episode, but developing it. This is such a cool way to expand that frame of reference for like the horror references, mm-hmm. because like you've had your, you know, your John Carpenter in the 80s stuff. And then this is literally like Gothic horror, the way this is shot, mm-hmm. you know, like the lightning and the rain behind like a big kind of iron wrought gate that says tan house above it. Yeah. And the laboratory with like the crackling electricity. Like are you, are you literally, are you expect Marta to walk in and whoever's in there to be like it's alive it's alive like it's it's so good and then you get uh stranger looking like Nikolai Tesla turning around like clearly trying to presumably trying to create a portal um using the technology at hand Mm -hmm. um which is you know asks all kinds of questions about whether he's going to succeed or you know it's either one who actually ends up setting up the the technology that will be used in the um the Sigmundus temple and then the the really interesting thing here is that the way uh, Andreas Pichman responds to Marta, it makes me absolutely certain that he never experienced any of what Jonas is going through at the moment. Which is one of your theories, isn't it? Yeah. Like, Def- so, yeah. Definitely, who, definitely who, very much feels like that at this point. Yeah. Like, who who the hell is the Jonas that she met? <laughs> like, because it wasn't this one. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where that's going, but it asks... Well, it, the Jonas, the Jonas that she, the Jonas that she met, is the one that we followed 
in this episode, isn't it? It's like it's obviously going to be the same Jonas, but I mean, at this point, we don't understand how. Like, did he forget about it or what? Like, we we saw her meet Jonas for the first time in this episode. Yeah, yeah, but but the fact that he had, yeah, that's what I mean. But the fact that Stranger has no recollection exactly, of this yeah. happening is like, well, okay, so he he never met her, I guess, when he was Jonas's age. So, what's happening? Yeah, it's... what's happening, guys? <laughs> yeah, some... someone help. Something's happening. Like, <laughs> like... If, if you if you didn't think Dark was going to get even more complicated, you think again. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Like, someone, I, I, I hope Stranger's just lying. That's the big reveal. It's like, oh no, I knew she was there. Oh, like Enos <laughs> pops out from around the corner with the sleeping pills. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Time for bed, Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, maybe, maybe, but uh, yeah, this is. I, I love this ending. It's just, it's so, it's so stylish and so kind of schlocky in a way that I love. Um, that I hope I hope there's more of this. And I, if if the previous seasons are anything to go by, it will kind of revert to some a bit more sort of dramatic and slightly less stylized, which I don't mind either. But but this was such a great opening to the season. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So that was the first episode. Do you want to get into the breakdown? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the IMDb rating this time is nine. What do you think, Conrad? Uh, I think that's too low. I think this is my favorite episode. Yeah, you said I that to just... me before we started recording, and I was just like, yes! Because honestly, the the further we get into the show, and the more, like, the fact that you still like it, and it's your favorite episode, it makes me so excited, because, like, it makes me really, like, I, I think you're going to love the ending. Like, based on this being your favorite episode, and, like, there was so much happening in this episode, we were away from a lot of the characters we've been following, and it was still your favorite episode. Oh yeah, but I mean, it's just this this episode had everything. Like, it had great character stuff. Like, we got to see stuff like Alexander with you know showing a bit of vulnerability um, for, for from the death of Regina. We got Ulrich and Hannah like showing a like a different relationship. It had all that great character work. It had Grunge Magnus with his Motley Crew tattoo. It had John Carpenter, the Fog references. It, it had um the stranger doing frankenstein stuff it was just amazing I, i'm a sucker for presentational stuff so if there's if there is more like this later on in this season i will love it but i think this is this is probably my favorite episode of the show so far it just it went it flew by yeah that's i i love to hear that and this is actually one of the longest so far as well it's over an hour long so how um, was it yeah, most of the episodes this season, that. most of the episodes this season are over an hour long, um, or close to an hour anyway. But yeah, so just unbelievable. Uh, even the fact that most of the characters were meeting for the first time, but because of the the way the show is, you feel like you already know them and you're just seeing a different side to them. It's yeah, it's it's so interesting. Like this felt like we talked in the first season about how there was like the pilot, and then there was like a second pilot in episode three with the eighties, yeah. and then there was a third pilot in episode eight. Yeah. With, with uh, the 50s. In my opinion, this feels to me like the fourth pilot of this show. Yeah. And there's going to be, there definitely is going to be another, a, like a bloody fifth one when we do a full episode in 1888 as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know it's coming. Yeah. So, or maybe the 20s, I don't know, but. I, 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 wait, yeah, wait till they go just, to the saloon, you know? Oh, I just, yeah, I want. Get some I want, wake up um, juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want I want one of them to walk into the saloon and everyone stop playing like the piano and turn around and look at Stranger as, because he's wearing like a pink. What what does Marty McFly wear? He has got like a pink, pink shirt and blue on, and yellow. Yeah, Doc yeah. Dresses, dresses him like a film star of that day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you yeah? But do you think uh, that um, Jonas is going to get into a duel and then have like a cast iron like thing underneath his shirt and survive because yeah, the bullet? Yeah, guns I think on? so. That makes sense. <laughs> like he he's seen Back to the Future. He knows to try all these things, and yeah. that's I mean it'll come down to him versus the three cleanup crew fuckers, <laughs> and like and there'll be like a showdown at the OK Corral, and yeah. he'll wear iron under his shirt. He'll be he'll be incapacitated, and he'll be on the floor. You'll think is he dead? But like no, he turns into Adam. He can't be dead. And then all of a sudden, open up the <laughs> som- sombrero, Reg- yeah. Regina. Oh yeah, there she is. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. What do yeah. we say to time? Not today. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I'll I'll tick another, tick, put some more green in my ledger on the theory matrix, and that one comes true. I yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, well, all right, oh, guys. Thanks good. very much for listening slash watching this week. Uh, I can't wait for next week. Now we're at the start of a, what feels like a new journey. Now, like this episode, it, it, it was obviously setting up a lot of stuff slash given us a lot of new stuff as well i'm really really in- excited to see how conrad feels about this ep- this uh, season are you excited conrad yes i am i'm very excited hear the excitement in my voice oh i can hear it <laughs> oh someone actually said on a comment the other day that you have a very posh voice posh voice yeah okay well that's good my mum will be very pleased to hear that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all that re- denying you uh getting things out of the fridge and, and storing things yeah. in the fridge paid off she, she damn a- brought me up proper yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right well guys uh, make sure you subscribe on youtube subscribe on podcasting apps email us at adpodmail at gmail.com if you want to leave comments underneath here for conrad for episode two of season three and i think all we all we have to say is goodbye goodbye thank you for listening to the after dark podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode 